Everybody ready to get in the Word? I love the Word of God. Today I'm going to be talking to you about the after. The after. What is that? It's kind of like a post-sound sermon. What do do you do with the Word of God? If you get a Word prophesied over you, Word of knowledge, Word of wisdom, what do you do with that Word? What is that Word about? Do, Do you get a Word and then just go, you know, well, praise God, I got a Word, now I can go twiddle my thumbs and it's just going to come to pass. I got news for you. That's not the way that it rolls. And I just want to encourage you and and hopefully equip you and teach you. We have folks that's brand new believers. We have folks that's been saved for 60 years. We have people that's come from all kinds of backgrounds of churches. And it's one of my jobs is to get everyone on the same page in the area of DNA and to learn and to grow. So I want to talk to you today about that. Uh, Just pray with me right now. Pray with me and uh, just ask the Holy Spirit. You got your Bibles? We're going to be diving into the Word of God. Father, just thank You for Your Word tonight. Thank You for Your wonderful presence. You're here. We love You. We love Your presence. I love, I love. We just love Your presence. Thank You for the new community of believers that are rooting here. God, I ask that You would bless this time in a rich way. Holy Spirit, You would speak to us. You would transform us from the inside out. We could walk out of here and be a little more more like Christ. If there's someone here or a few that doesn't know You or have walked away from You, I pray, God, that You would touch their heart tonight. Lord, speak to us, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Last week I talked about inclining your ear. And we talked about the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and prophecy. And tonight, I I, want to kind of share with you, what do you do with a word? What do you do? If you're a guest, I encourage you to go back, uh, listen to, incline your ear. We have the sound beginning this Friday night. It's going to be going on Friday night, starting at uh, 7, Saturday 6, and then three services Sunday. So I encourage you. Uh, you know, you've heard about it. Some of, a lot of you have been to it before. Uh, we always have different ministers, and you're going to be really blessed by the ministers we're bringing in uh, this year. They're just, they're just a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful in the word of knowledge and wisdom and prophecy and what have you. But God is speaking. God is speaking. And the question is, are we hearing? And I want to talk to you a little bit about that tonight. Are we hearing? He speaks, number one, through His Word. He speaks through His Word. You can always dive into the Word. I love the song. It goes, Word of God speak. Would you pour down like rain, washing my eyes to see Your majesty to be still and know that You're in this place. Please let me stay and rest in Your holiness. Word of God speak. God wants to speak to you through His Word. Every day, through His Word. Diving into God's Word. That's one way that God speaks. Number two, He speaks through His Holy Spirit. He speaks by His Holy Spirit. Second Peter 1 and 21 says, For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to speak to your heart. How does God, how does the Holy Spirit usually speak? Well, there's different ways that he spoke in the Bible. I mean, I remember one time in Numbers that he spoke through a, a donkey. He spoke to Balaam. 
Balaam, so ticked off, hits this donkey three times. And God speaks through a donkey. But generally speaking, God speaks through man. Most people, they, they're, they're really, if they've been in the church and they read the Word of God, they're very familiar about the prophets of the Old Testament. Well, there's also prophets in the New Testament, too, all through the, the New Testament. Let me just read a, a couple of, of uh, prophetic words out of prophets uh, of the New Testament. God uses man. Acts 15, 32. Now, Judas and Silas themselves being prophets also. Judas and Silas exhorted which the prophetic word does and strengthened which the prophetic word does the brethren with many words that is a baby church those are new testament prophets of a baby church and judas and silas was prophets look at acts 21 10 through 11 and there's not a lot said about this prophet but uh, it says and as we stayed many days a certain prophet named agabus came down from Judea. And when he had come to us, look what he did. He does a, a prophetic action. He says, he took Paul's belt, bound his hands and feet, and said, thus says the Holy Spirit, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. So that was a word spoken of what was going to happen in the future. But once again, a New Testament prophecy and a New Testament prophet. So right now, I've been camping out in this area for a bit, and I'm going back there today because uh, uh, it's got my verse out of there that we're kind of as a theme verse for the sound. 1 Kings 18.1. It's going to be behind me. I'm going to be kind of in Kings and around there today. But it says this. This is an Old Testament prophet. And it came to pass many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah. The word, listen to that. You just don't just blow through the scriptures. The word of the Lord came to Elijah. And in the third year saying, go present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the earth. So God gives Elijah a word. God, you, listen to me, God uses man. God desires Elijah to go and present himself to Ahab because God wants to speak a word to the king. Elijah has a message from God to Ahab. Does God need Elijah? I would say yes. I would say no. And I would say, yes. <laughs> Does God need Elijah? Yes, because God uses man. Does God need Elijah? No, God don't need nobody. <laughs> he don't need you, don't need me. God chooses to need me and you. You need to feel that. You need to get that in your heart. You need to get off the bench, get in the game. Come on, get in the game. Because God wants to use me and you. That's how he has set up uh, this universe. He uses me and you. He wants to use Elijah. God uses us. Listen, before Elijah delivers this message 
from God to Ahab, God uses Elijah to clean up the house of false gods and, and prophets, idol worship and what have you. So God has a word that he delivers to Elijah. I want to let you know that when you get a word from God, every, you need to feel me on this. That doesn't mean everything's going to be peachy in your life. No, you need to feel me on this. If you've not been around this, you need to know that if, if God gives you a word, God speaks to you, uh, all hell is not going, oh, I'm so glad that Don got a word. <laughs> I don't think the devil likes it. So before Elijah is even able to present himself to Ahab, Look what he's faced with. I'm not, I'm not going to go through the whole story tonight. You should read it. But he gets a word. Hey, go present yourself to Ahab. And before he gives him the word of the Lord, look, he faces off. Face up. 850 false prophets. 450 false prophets of Baal, 400 uh, prophets of Asher. If you look at verse 19, it says, Now therefore send and gather all of Israel to me on Mount Carmel. Elijah's like, bring it on. Bring everybody here. We want everybody to see what's going to happen. And 450 prophets of Baal, 400 prophets of Asher, who eat at Jezebel's table. Jezebel is Ahab's wife. Okay? Queen. Look at verse 21. And Elijah came to all the people and said, how long will you falter between two opinions? Like, hey, hey, who are you going to serve? Like Bob Dylan said, you're going to have to serve somebody. Who are you going to serve? Yeah. Who, who, who are you you're going to bow to Baal, Asher, or are you going to serve the Lord God? Okay, what would you say? Oh, come on, what would you say? The Lord God. When, God, when people ask you that, give them the right answer, right? What do they do? This would irritate the living snot out of me, just to be honest with you. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, if Baal follow him. But the people answered him not a word. Pathetic. So you know what takes place? There is a showdown. You should read it. If you've never read that, I encourage you to read it tonight, this week. There is a showdown. Okay, all right, bring it on. All you prophets, just, hey, if God be for me, who can be against me? One plus God is majority. I don't care if you get 1,800 false prophets of Baal. All I need is God. And he, he brings it on. They, they, they build this altar, bulls, and uh, these false prophets of Baal, they dance around the altar, cutting themselves all day long, and guess what happens? Nothing. Nothing. Elijah at the time of sacrifice calls out upon the name of God and fire falls and it burns up. It licks up. He, he had filled the ditches, the trenches with water and the fire of God just licked it all up. And then he had those false prophets slaughtered. Okay? Look what takes place right after everyone say resistance. There, there can come great resistance when it comes to the Word of the Lord. Word of the Lord coming to you. The Word of the Lord being spoken to you, worked out through you. There can be great resistance. Look, that, that was a time of resistance. All day long, spiritual warfare. And guess who wins? 
God, because God always wins. He's got the victory. You're on the winning side. Tell your neighbor right now, you're on the winning side. Look right after that resistance, what takes place. Verse 41. Then here's the word. Here's the word that God said. I want you to go deliver. In in verse 1, he says, Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. The sound. Everyone say the sound. sound. I love that. The sound of abundance of rain. Elijah was hearing something that nobody else was hearing. Three and a half years of famine. Three and a half years of drought. He hears a sound. That's the word of the Lord gave him to go present to Ahab. But there was great resistance before he was able to deliver that. Okay. Then I want to make my first point that you really need to fill me on this one tonight. The first point is this. Number one, a prophetic word is potential. Number one, a prophetic word is potential. Potential, the definition of potential is having or showing the capacity to become or develop into something in the future. Well, God, if, if, if God said it, Jail, I mean, isn't that just like the done deal? I mean, once again, God uses man. Just because God speaks something, a word in your life, that doesn't mean that you're to go lay on the beach and pray that it comes to pass. No, you need to fill me on this tonight. Okay? Because God doesn't work that way when it comes to the prophetic word. Elijah, at the point when God asked him to present himself to Ahab, he had a choice in the matter. Ahab, he, he didn't have to go. He had a choice. He could have went fishing. He could have went and chased women or whatever he did. But that's not what Elijah did. Okay? Look what Elijah did. He had the word of God. He delivered it to Ahab. That there was going to be, there's a sound of abundance of rain. But did, 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 did Elijah stop right there? No, he did not. Look at verse 42. What did Ahab do? And Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went to the top of Carmel. What did he do there? He put his, then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. He had the word of the Lord, but what did he do? That's a birthing position. He began to birth the Word of God. I thought God spoke it. He did. But once again, he uses man. He he stayed up there with his head between his legs, and he began to birth it, and he began to pray, and then he told his servant seven times to go. You've heard me preach on it before. I love that area. Love that scripture. Go seven times. Go to, hey, go to the edge. Do you see a cloud? Do you see? Seven times he, came, he comes back. I don't see anything. I don't see anything. I don't see anything. See, he had a prophetic word, but God was still using man. So when you get a prophetic word, it's not like, hey, it's just going to, you know, all of a sudden take place. There may be things that God wants to do and wants to use you to see that word come through your life. So all of a sudden, seven times he comes back and finally there's a a cloud the size of a man's head. And before you know it, clouds fill the sky and the rain comes. Here's my point. God speaks it through Elijah. God bursts it through Elijah. God executes the word through the prophet. When raiding... Got a word of the Lord when she was battling cancer. 
And the word was the third test. You got to get the third test. And when you get the third test, it's going to come back negative. Okay? What do you think my wife did? Did she sit there and go, well, if, you know, if God wants to do this thing, I guess uh, just quit. Uh, she called the doctor. To do what? To get the third test. Right? My point here is that you get a word, a lot of times God wants you to do something with that word. That word is not just for you to set around on. Elijah sent a messenger. He said this to a guy named Naaman. Naaman, Naaman had leprosy. And Elijah sent a messenger to Naaman and says, I want you to go to the Jordan and I want you to dip in the Jordan seven times. He's got the word of God. What did Naaman do? Naaman became furious. And he went away. He said, indeed, I said to myself, listen, listen, to this. This, is, this is a mistake people can do with the word of God, a prophetic word that's given to them. They can do exactly what Naaman did. You know what Naaman did? He says, I said to myself, he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of his God and wave his hand over this place and heal the leprosy. The prophet told him what to do. Go and dip in the Jordan. So God still uses man. Sometimes he wants us to do things. He wants us to step out. And finally, guess what he did? He went and he, uh, uh, he went and dipped himself in the Jordan. Guess what took place? He was healed. Listen to this story. A terrible storm came into a town and local officials sent out an emergency warning that the riverbanks would soon overflow and flood the nearby homes. They ordered everyone in the town to evacuate immediately. A faithful Christian man heard the warning and decided to stay, saying to himself, I will trust God, and if I'm in danger, then God will send a divine miracle to save me. The neighbors came by his house and said, we're leaving and there's, no, there's room for you in the car. Please come with us. But the man declined. I have faith that God will save me. As the man stood on the porch watching the, the waters rise up, uh, steps, a man in a canoe paddled by and called him. Hurry, come into my canoe. The waters are rising quickly. But the man again said, no thanks. God will save me. The floodwaters rose highly, pouring water into the living room, and the man had to retreat to the second floor. A police motorboat came by and saw him in the window. Will you come up and rescue? Uh, I'm sorry, he says, we will come up and rescue you. They shouted, but the man refused, waving them off, saying, use your time to save someone else. I have faith God will save me. The floodwaters rose higher and higher, and the man had to climb to the top of the roof. The helicopter spotted him and dropped a, a rope ladder. A rescue officer came down the ladder and pleaded to the man, grab my hand and I'll pull you up. But the man still refused, holding his, uh, folding his arms tightly to his body. No, thank you. God will save me. Shortly after that, the house broke up. The floodwater swept through the man away and he drowned. When in heaven, the man stood before God and asked him, I put all my faith in you. Why didn't you come to save me? And God said, son, I sent you a warning. I sent you a car. I sent you a canoe. 
I sent you a motorboat. I sent you a helicopter. What more were you looking for? You get a prophetic word. It might, no, 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 no might to it. It takes you being involved. God uses, He speaks potential. Say that with me, potential. potential. You need to get that. The word of the Lord is potential. The prophet says, hey, you're going to be an NBA player one day. I'd say go get on a team somewhere. I'd say learn the game. I'd say be coached, work hard. See if this rings a bell. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. Rise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for there's wickedness has come upon before me. But, everyone say, but. but. What Jonah do? Jonah rose and fled to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare, paid the fare to get away from the presence of God, and went down to it to go with them to Tarshish from the, from, pay money to get from the presence of God. So, it took a little bit. It took him being in fish guts, all acidy, and then he finally had an awakening. But it takes our action. There's a prophetic word. Elisha had a prophetic word for King Joash. And he went to Joash because they were in battle against uh, the Syrians. And, and he put, jo Elisha's about to die. He's on Elisha. He's on his last breathing kind of deathbed. And he puts his hands on the king's hands and opens up the window and they shoot an arrow out. And he began to, you should read it. it I, I'll tell you where it's at so you can take, just take note of 2 Kings 13, 14 through 19. And then after that prophetic uh, uh, action, he says, take the arrows. He says, now strike the ground. And Joash did something like this. I don't know exactly what he did, but he does something like this. Elisha went crazy. What are you doing striking it three times? You should have struck it four or five times. You should have. And then you would have taken them out. So there's something beautiful about the prophetic word that God wants you to take action and wants you to be involved in. And once again, even though you get a prophetic word, God uses man. He uses your actions. He uses your word. God promises through prophetic words, do not... Uh, uh, it's, it's not about you when he gives you one. It's not about you just simply sitting around. You, you need to get that. Okay. It's not simply, oh, I got a word. It's all good now. I got a word. And it's got, you know, I'm going to be. No, no, no. God's prophetic promises are at your reach, but they're not in your hand. Okay. They require, listen to me, they require faith. And we usually like that word, but they also require work. Usually we don't like that word. There's nothing wrong, because you know that I'm not talking about faith in order to be saved. You're already saved. Most of you, I guess. I hope so. Right? So I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about works unto salvation. I'm talking about it takes faith and it takes work. God speaks through. He sends His prophetic word. 
God will work through your faith and work through your works to see it come to pass. We have a prophetic word that Radian and I had went through presbytery about this church plant. And I could have got that word and Radian got that word and we're like, hey, we got the word. We're just going to go hang out in Hawaii. Come on, just go hang out in Hawaii. Praise God. God gave us a word. He's going to do all the work. It hasn't worked that way. Probably the hardest and the busiest thing we've ever done is church planting. Not probably, it is. Not complaining, love it with all of our heart, but I'm just sharing that though we had a word, it took great work and great faith. Are you following me? So everyone say potential. Potential. Number two. That was the one that I I really wanted to just kind of hit hard for you. The potential. Number two, believing. Everyone say believe. Believe. You got to believe too. You got to mix your faith with a word. When God gives you a word, it takes believing. Look at 2 Chronicles 20, 1 through 3. Got your Bibles? I hope you bring your Bibles. I really do with all my heart. Because you're going to miss a lot. Because I'm just not going to put every scripture up there on those screens. I want you digging into the word. Amen? 2 Chronicles 20, 1 through 3, it says, And it happened after that that the people of Moab, the people of Ammon, and others with them besides the Ammonites came to, uh, to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazazon, Tamar, And look what Jehoshaphat, he's only human, he's the king, but he's human. Look what takes place. Jehoshaphat feared and he set himself, look, he did a beautiful thing. He set himself to seek the Lord and what? Proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. I I don't want you to raise your hand, but some of you right now are fasting. I know know people are fasting. If you haven't been around, uh, we've had... Uh, we started on the third for those who wanted to fast, if it's a day or all the days or what have you. And say, J.O., I'm kind of new and I haven't never fasted. Hey, this week's a great time to jump in. Okay? Uh, a lot of people are on a Daniel fast or however you want to fast. The point is, is just setting aside food. I know there's other people that's uh, fasted different things. Uh, uh, anyway, it's a great thing. What did he do? What did Jehoshaphat do? He proclaimed a fast, just like we've declared and proclaimed a fast. This week is Seek Week. Every morning we're going to be meeting here at 7 a.m. to pray. Pray for an hour. And then from 10 to 12, Tuesday through Friday, we have child care. Okay? So you can come, children, and have your children covered and, and pray. Amen? This, the sanctuary is going to be open. Everyone say Seek Week. So he declares this. The Spirit of the Lord came upon this this gentleman. His name is Jehazel. And look what takes place. The Spirit of God falls on this guy, and he begins to declare. And look what he says, 2 Chronicles 20, 15 through 17. And he said, listen, all you Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, begin to prophesy. Do not be afraid nor dismayed. Because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. That's some good news right there. You got your back in the corner, you don't know what to do. Your business going under, where the Lord comes says, hey, you set, you watch, stand still, watch the salvation of God. And this is kind of what he's saying. Tomorrow go down against them, 
They will surely come up of the, uh, by the a- uh, accent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the uh, wilderness of Jarel, and you will not fight, you will not need, listen to this real close, you will not need to fight in this battle. What? That's crazy. Obviously, you're not hearing from God, Mr. Prophet. There's, there's nations that's going to destroy us, and you're telling us it's going to be okay, and we're not going to fight. God can destroy uh, the enemy any way that he wants to. He doesn't have to do it the way that we think that he's going to do it. It says this, position yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of God, the Lord, who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or dismay. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. God doesn't call us to figure it out. God doesn't call us to reason it out. Just reason, got to reason it out. God doesn't call us to intellectually, strategically, calculate, philosophy, calibrate it out. Not with the prophetic word. Everyone say believe. believe. He calls you to believe. When God speaks, He calls you to believe. You get a word over your life, He calls you to believe. Okay? He takes the weak and He'll use you. He doesn't look for those who are already equipped. Come on. He doesn't call the equipped. He equips the call. Did you hear that? He doesn't, he doesn't call the equipped all the time. Come on. He'll use a Gideon. Look, look, look at this right here. 2020, verse 2020. Look. So they arose early in the morning, went out to the wilderness of Tekoa, And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Look, look, look. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Tell your neighbor right now, believe. Come on, tell him, tell him, tell tell your other neighbor, believe. Look, he's not finished. He says this. Listen to this real good. Listen to this. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. Now listen to this intellectual military strategic plan of aggressive warfare tactical attack this is what they do and when he had consulted the people he pointed those who would sing to the lord are you crazy jehoshaphat singers singers you're going to get a slaughtered He appointed those who would sing to the Lord, who would praise the beauty of His holiness. And they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord! For His mercy endures forever! Praise the Lord! For His mercy endures forever! Now when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, Mount Syria, who had come against Judah What a military tactic. <laughs> Putting singers out. <laughs> Believe the prophets and prosper. Believing is accepting something or someone as true. You may get a word and it may blow your socks off. And you're like, 
Who are they talking to? They ain't talking to me, man. You know why? Because God sees something in you. And you know what he prophesies to sometimes? You're somewhere in the future. And you look much better than you do right now. You're somewhere ha, in the future. Ha, and you look much better than you do right You're somewhere ha, in the future. And you look much better than you do right He's somewhere in the future. And you look much better than you do right now. He doesn't prophesy where, where you're at today, always. He sees your potential. Don't limit the God of Israel. Peter sees Jesus walking on the water. You know what Peter says? If it's you, God, if it's you, Jesus, tell me to come. Jesus says one word, prophetic word, to come. <laughs> Peter starts walking on the water. Gonna step out of the boat. We're gonna step out of the boat tonight, we're gonna step huh, out of the boat. Here we go, here we go. We're gonna step out of the boat tonight. We're going high step, low step, and rock step, and word step, stepping on out of the boat. Come on. Come on. Or, oh, it's just gonna be another night in the church, and I'm just gonna stay in the boat. And that's where you might always stay. But I'd rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat talker. Come on. Believe his prophets and prosper. Number three, and I'll be done. With a prophetic word, you can wage a good warfare. A good warfare. Warfare. Listen to these two scriptures. I used it, I got it out of two translations, just beautiful translations. First Timothy 1.18, you should mark that, circle it. J.O., I don't believe in prophecy. It's way too late. Way too late. This charge I commit to you, son, my son Timothy, according to the prophecy. Say that with me, prophecies. prophecies. Previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage a good warfare. Listen to the New Living Translation. 1 Timothy 1.18. Timothy, my son, here are my instructions for you. Based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier, may they help you fight well in the Lord's battle. There's, there's something so beautiful about having a prophetic word over your life. Whatever that word was over Timothy's life, Paul says you can fight a good warfare with it. Elijah presented himself to King Ahab. Elijah was confronted by that king as a troubler. Elijah confronted 850 prophets. After Elijah prophesied to Ahab the sound of abundance of rain, Ahab was once again, before, the, the, before he presented it, he was, he, he was in a battle of spiritual warfare. But even after he presented that word to King Ahab, he was in another battle. One time he's battling against King Ahab and all those you know, false prophets. Now he's battling against a queen. 
Ahab, uh, Ahab's wife sends him a letter, very negative letter. What you did to my prophets, I'm going to do to you. And Elijah runs for his life. How could, a, how could a prophet used so mightily from God run from a woman like that? From a queen, from anyone. You know why? Because fear always comes after the prophetic word. Fear attacks prophets. Fear attacks people after they get this word. Oh, is that from God? Oh, I can never do that. And Fear. Fear is a spirit and is not from God. What God gives you is power, love, and sound mind. Wow. Look at this scripture, 1 Kings 19, 1-4. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah has done. So how he had executed the prophets and sore, with sword, Jezebel sent the message of Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I don't make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he went himself a day's journey to the wilderness and came down underneath a broom tree, and he prayed that he might die. The guy, the prophet's completely depressed, completely hopeless. Now the Lord, now Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. And God comes and ministers to him. And it's a beautiful story. I don't have time to go into it. You've probably heard it before. In the cave, he's in the cave. And what are you doing in the cave, Elijah? Come on out. And the small, still voice. And just a, just a beautiful story. Why do you say that today? Because Elijah had taken his eyes off of Jesus. He had taken his eyes off of Peter in the water, walking on the water. What does Peter do? Peter begins to look at the wind and the waves, and he begins to sink. Listen, when you get a word, it could be through a prophet, it could be God speaking to you through his word. Listen, you need to guard your heart. The enemy wants to do anything. Listen to me. He wants to do anywhere, anything to steal that word from you. If, you. if you look at the parable of the sower, there was four different seeds, and only one of the seed type of seed made it, 25%. The enemy's always after the word. He wants to steal it any way he can. What did Jesus come uh, uh, at the devil with in the desert? The word of God. Just pounding him with the word. The word is so profound and so uh, powerful. Church, when the enemy lies about you, what you do is you come back with the word. All of a sudden, you have a... Let me just let me give it just to you real good. God gives you a prophetic word, and all of a sudden, there's something happens in your life, maybe an illness, and, and you think, wow, this is it. And then all of a sudden, you remember that word over yeah. your life. Yeah. You remember, no, God spoke to me about my future. Yeah. I'm not going to let you, devil, take that word. I'm not going to allow fear and a lie of the enemy to rip me off. No way. I'm going to stand on that word. You know, yeah. we had received that word about Radine. And on Friday, she went in and got a test. And man, we had to stand on the word of the Lord from Friday to Monday like you wouldn't believe. We got the third test. 
The doctor says, hey, we're going to come back, going to call you Monday, pretty much to tell you what we've already told you. And then all of a sudden, we had to war. That's the weekend I called Tracy up. I'm like, bro, did you hear from God? <laughs> or somewhere around that. Yeah, I heard from God. And we, wore, we had to stand, we had to wage, listen, we had to wage a good warfare. We had to wage a good warfare. And then on Monday we got the news and there was no cancer in her body. My, my point is that God will give you a beautiful word. Maybe it's through the prophetic preaching. You don't have to get called out to have a word from God. God speaks to you in the midst of an atmosphere. Tonight, He speaks to you. Stand on that word. You believe and prosper. You stand on it. Remember, it's potential. And number three, come on, you can wage a good warfare with it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord. Just bow your head. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're here. Thank you that we don't have to wait till next week to get a word. Father, you're speaking. You want to speak. Father, I pray that you would open our ears to hear and to receive what you want to do. I pray that you would birth purpose. You would birth destiny in this room. God, I pray for that person that doesn't know you tonight. Is Jeremy in here? Jeremy? Jeremy. Man, I felt like the Lord told me in the prayer room tonight that God wants to prepare you for preaching, that you need to hide the Word of God in your heart, that God, there is a platform that God is building for you in the future. The mantle of preaching is upon you, and you need to dig into the Word of God, and God is going to use you. you got all kinds of dreams out there, and I don't know what He's going to do with all those dreams, but I want you to know tonight that God's called you to preach the Word of God. He's the, the mantle ministry is upon you. Man, He just spoke to me in the prayer room tonight and just reminded me right then, preach. Preach the Word. Amen. If you're here tonight and you just, you just need prayer, maybe you're going through something. You need a breakthrough. You need a word. Man, we want to pray for you. We want to pray. Maybe you're like Elijah underneath that broom tree and just depressed and hopeless. And all hope is gone. You just went through a battle and you're like, wow can't find God in the midst of a battle. I want to pray for you tonight. That's you. Just wa wave your hand at me. Just, J.O., that's me. Come on up here. We want to pray for you. Just come on up. Just come on up. These, these wonderful people would love to pray for you. I encourage you, if you're a lady, to go to one of the ladies, a man, go to the man or a couple or what have you. They want to pray for you tonight. You just need prayer. Come on. Hey, y'all pray the prayer of faith over them. Come on, lay hands on them. Find out what it is. Let's believe. Maybe you need a miracle in your body tonight. Maybe you need a miracle in your body. Can I encourage your faith for a moment? Can I encourage your faith for a moment? There was a guy here at 10 o'clock service last Sunday that according to the doctor, he shouldn't have been here because he should have already been dead. His name's Danny. We prayed for him again last Sunday. Uh, Sunday at 10 
I got to see him again. Uh, Pete and Chris Harper and myself and some other folks got to pray for him at Kootenai County, uh, Kootenai Coffee Tuesday because the, the doctors wanted to do a CAT scan on him to see what's going on. He went to the doctor and he said the doctor turned red and goes, whatever's going on with you now is you because the doctor had given him five days to live. When I saw him in the hospital, his belly was out about like this and his legs were swollen. At the coffee shop, his belly was flatter than mine. Looked like just, just normal or about the same, just normal. Went and did the CAT scan and then he, he sends, uh, Chris sends me the, the text today from the doctor. The doctor looked at the CAT scan This is what the doctor said, or probably the, the, the secretary of the doctor. Doctor says CAT scan shows remarkable, significant improvement, and he couldn't be happier. We'll discuss further at doctor's appointment, which is this Monday. God gets all the glory. God's in the miracles. Amen. Maybe you need a miracle tonight. You need healing in your body. Or you need a miracle in your, your marriage or finances. Come on, man. Don't play games, man. Get prayer. Get prayer, amen. If you need prayer for anything, the, the altar's open. Can we sing that just for a moment? Um, he is jealous for me, and as he sings, the altar's open. Let, let us pray for you tonight. Jealous for me. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Get prayer. Amen. How many of you know He loves you tonight? I mean, He really, He really loves you. He really loves you. There's a guy here, right? I'm looking straight at him right now. Jim Morrison, right? Wave at us, Jim. Just turn, just wave at us. He's not from the doors. He's a whole different Jim Morrison. That Jim Morrison right there had stage four lung cancer. How long have you been healed? 11 years. 11 years. Yeah. 
Wow. If you need a little bit of faith, just meet with him sometime. Let him tell him about his trip in the book of Daniel and how God saved and rescued him. He's even got a book out. So we're going to close in prayer. And if you need prayer for anything, isn't God good? He's so good. He's so good. So excited for, for uh, Danny. and uh, Father, I just thank you for a beautiful night. I pray you bless your church. I pray you bless our week, our seek week. I pray you bless every man, woman, and child, every family here, God. I pray that you would speak to every heart here, not just next weekend, but throughout our lives. Father, this week. God, I pray the blessing of the Lord over every person here that makes one rich and has no sorrow. Shine your countenance down upon your church. In Jesus' name, and everyone said,